are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans. Welcome to a new edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. I cover your New York Giants for a variety of places. You can find all my work on my Twitter account. If you follow me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Trena and with me on the line today is Dan Shanka. He is one of the lead scouts for our lads scouting services. They do a really good job. You can find them online at ourlads.com. and Dan, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Patricia. I'm uh, looking forward to visiting with you and the giant fans and, uh, uh, this year with uh, Saquon Barkley getting rookie of the year uh, looks like um, there's a lot, a lot of hopeful uh, uh, things coming up here for the Giants in the near future. For sure, for sure. And we're going to talk about some of uh, what might be coming up for the Giants in the near future. You know, we have an, uh, the draft season is soon going to be upon us. You know, certainly a lot of uh, work has been done. I know you have been hard at work working on uh, your draft preview issue of your newsletter, which, by the way, folks, I do recommend you check it out. Um, our lads does a great job of breaking down the prospects. So, Dan, let's let's start off, if we could, um, with an overview of the draft class, I get a lot of questions from, from listeners. They want to know where's the strength, you know, where's the weaknesses. And, you know, sometimes, you know, what we see on the outside doesn't always match what, you know, NFL personnel people are seeing. What do you see as far as the strengths and the weaknesses of this class? Well, you know, I think that uh, the weaknesses would be um, the quarterbacks are not, um, anything like last year's. I think that uh, there's a lot of guy developmental kind of backup, but don't know how many will start kind of guys. I mean, it could be uh, there's numbers, you know, there's a lot of numbers there, but uh, there's, you know, I mean, in, in as is with most uh, players, there's a, a lot of holes in that Swiss cheese and uh, the, the quarterback position is, is really loaded with um you go really, uh, you know, with like Dwayne Haskins, for instance, he's a tremendous athlete and uh, really had an outstanding year at Ohio State, uh, very accurate kind of quarterback. And, um, you know, he's probably going to be at the top of the class and he's only started one year. And, you know, you like to see guys start three years if, if you can. And a guy like Drew Locke, he's um, probably going to be, a uh, first rounder somewhere. Uh, but again, uh, people are going to reach for a guy that has got a lot of inconsistencies, um, you know, but again, he's, at least he started, uh, um, you know, three to four games over his career. So I, I think those are the kind of things you're looking at are Ryan Finley from North Carolina state, a guy that quote, a game manager, um, you know, had really a pretty good senior bowl. People didn't talk about him there, but he was very consistent, took the snaps well, um, was was very in rhythm uh, in the game and in practice, and um, was very consistent. And that's kind of what he is. Is he a superstar? Probably not. But, uh, you know, he's not going to make a lot of mistakes that uh, get you beat. So, um, you know, Daniel Jones was kind of – everybody's excited to see him, but in practice – He's from Duke, the quarterback, the junior quarterback came off from Duke, but 
you know, he does look like a, a young Eli Manning, ironically enough, the, the way that he sets up and everything. But David Cutcliffe was Manning's coach and also um, uh, Daniel Jones' coach at Duke. And so you can reason the similarities, 6'5", 220. Um, you know, their setup is almost exactly alike. He's probably a little more mobile, uh, you know, than Eli. But, um, you know, I, again, the, the guys, I mean, he was inconsistent. Uh, at times throwing the ball in the dirt or way over somebody's head. So, I mean, it's not like a Baker Mayfield who, you know, he, Baker Mayfield closed his eyes and, you know, hit a fly right in the eyeball, you know what I mean, uh, from 50 paces. And uh, um, there's no quarterbacks really like that. You you mentioned, you know, Dwayne Haskins and the, and the quarterbacks. And another question I get quite often is, where would Haskins have fit in with last year's quarterback, Rich Class? And I don't know if it's necessarily fair to compare the two, but if if you had to, where would you place him in terms of, you know, based on where last year's quarterbacks were ranked? Well, I think that, uh, you know, I, I would take, uh, definitely take, uh, take Mayfield over him, um, you know, Rosen, because Rosen is accurate. He just didn't have much of a, you know, uh, group to go around in this year. And then with a new coach last year and, and their coordinator and things, it took a while to get off the snide a little bit down in Arizona, but I think he's going to be a good one. Um, but, um, you know, I, I'm still not a Darnold fan. I think Darnold's going to be, you know, a good quarterback in the NFL, just, you know, kind of a solid guy that's not spectacular, but everything gets overblown all the time. I mean, he's, he's still, He's a turnover machine. He's a turnover machine in college, and he was a turnover machine. And and last time I checked, you win games by avoid losing them. And uh, you know that's not something that um, uh, you know Darnold doesn't. I mean, he's just a turnover machine, and I I just don't think he's ever going to be a great one. So I, I think that uh, you know I'd probably put um, uh, Haskins ahead of him. Um, you know, I'd put him ahead of, of Lamar Jackson because Jackson can run, but again, he has problems throwing from the pocket and uh, you're not going to make a living running. You know, Josh Allen is a runner again, and, uh, he, he, he did that and he, you know, everybody jumps up and down about his strong arm and all that stuff, but he's got a long way to go. And if you're, if you're not, if you can't make good decisions and you're not accurate, you can't play quarterback in the National Football League. I mean, you can line up a quarterback, but that's about, you know, all the farther you're going to go unless you got everybody around you as an all-pro. So I'd probably put Haskins uh, probably third, um, you know, in the class okay. from last year. Okay, and then a, a lot, you know, the debate is going to continue to rage, I'm sure, for however long each guy is with the team. But a lot of Giant fans felt that, New York missed the ball, so to speak, by drafting Saquon Barkley and not getting the quarterback of the future on the roster. Now, we, we saw the t- tremendous season Saquon Barkley had. He won all kinds of awards. You know, it is still just one season. You know, obviously a player has to put together and string together multiple seasons like that. But do you feel the Giants were were uh, correct in their thinking to pass on a quarterback at number overall or do you think they missed the boat as well no i think they did the exact the best thing they took the best player and i mean i don't i don't know how you can can pass an all pro running back 
um, in the Hall of Fame. I, I think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. In fact, if anybody wrote our, or read our report on Saquon, uh, you know, he, we said the many draft, he's one of the top five running backs in the National Football League. And the way it turns out, he's probably one of the top three. So, um, uh, no, they did not make a mistake. You, when you have a, a generational player like Saquon Barkley, you can um, rest assured that's the guy you take. And uh, so who are you going to take? You know, everybody says, well, you should have took the quarterback. Well, who are you going to take? You're going to take a turnover machine like Darnold? Hey, they see him right in New York, right across, you know, uh, in the same stadium. You know, uh, if you want a guy to turn the ball over all the time, that's your guy. You want a guy that uh, is going to be in the Hall of Fame, a great running back. Who, and, and that's the thing that I think people really miss the boat on Barkley. Barkley is a weapon. You know, if, you, if fans go to our website at um, com and you click on the Giants, the New York Giants uh, depth chart, go to Saquon Barkley, click on the link of his name, you can read our report. It's a very in-depth report. He is not just a running back. He is a weapon. This guy, you, you saw what happened catching the ball out of the backfield or not only run the ball, but. But uh, once he gets his hands on the ball, he makes things happen. And uh, I think that, you know, if, if people are have blinders on and they just see him as a, you know, straight ahead between the tackles running back, yeah, you don't take those guys um, up, you know, in the second pick of the draft. But uh, a weapon, a guy like uh, Barkley, you take him as soon as you can get him. And, uh, and then now next year, hey, if, if uh, Eli's around, you can go ahead and draft a quarterback, one of these guys, if you want to at six. If you, you know, if if uh, Dave Gettleman thinks that that um, say Haskins is the best quarterback that's out there, and it's it's their pick, and uh, they go that route, then they a guy can develop under Manning. So uh, no, absolutely, uh, Dave Gettleman did the right thing on on picking Barkley, and uh, now just head on down the road and uh, get a quarterback later on because there's no quarterback. After Mayfield, I mean, I, I would, you know, Rosen I really like, but I tell you what, I mean, Mayfield is, again, a generational quarterback that makes great decisions and um, uh, is just uh, clearly the best quarterback in last year's draft. And, the, you know, Cleveland got him and he showed what he could do. He did all kinds of great things with Cleveland this year. and and um, But Barkley was the, the exact pick for uh, the Giants. You're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trainer and special guest Dan Shanka of Our Lads. We're going to take a short break, come back and talk more Giants, talk more drafts. So stay with us. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. You're with Patricia Trainer and special guest Dan Shanka of Our Lads. And you can find his work on rlads.com. And we are talking Giants and Giants draft. And Dan, you know, we, we talked about Saquon Barkley uh, at, at the close of the first segment. Um, I want to touch on Eli Manning a little bit more. You know, there is a, I don't think I've ever seen the fan base so divided over a player. There's a good half of the fan base and, and the media who says Eli is done. They have to move on from him. There are folks who feel that the Giants can still get a little bit more out of Eli, you know, if they improve the supporting cast, maybe add a right tackle, get a third receiver, get a little better production out of, you know, uh, of the, uh, the tight ends. What do you see when you look at Eli Manning? Yeah, well, I think that uh, Eli is still, at times, and I understand the Giants fans, um, you know, when you look at Eli, sometimes you 
wonder what he's looking at when he's throwing the ball in the dirt or over, you know, head of, you have to remember now he was in another offense uh, this year. And uh, so he was learning too. And um, I think, uh, you know, Schumer was also learning, uh, you know, the, the personnel that he had and uh, his tight ends and, and, you know, getting um, OBJ the ball some more. And uh, I mean, it just, it, it takes time and uh, you, you learn your personnel. You just don't do that overnight. And then um, you also, like you alluded to, that offensive line has got to be shored up, which it was uh, a little bit better this year, but it'd be better next year when all the blocking schemes and uh, the pass protection uh, uh, schemes are in. But, you know, I, I think that the thing that Man- Manning can bring, is he going to ever bring the things that took him to the Super Bowl? You know, maybe not. But he's still, uh, um, you know, a, a guy that's competitively alert. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's, uh, he has shown consistency. And I think that, you know, if the receivers are on the same page and, and they get work done in the summertime on their own, I think that, you know, that can be brought along. Uh, for heaven's sake, you don't get any more durable than uh, Manning. I mean, he just he's been in every game. So, um, you know, I, and I think that, uh, you know, he does have some uh, big playability with those uh, weapons that he has. And then his leadership and is outstanding. His character's great. And then, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have that arm strength he used to have, I, I think. But you don't have to, you know um, – you know, you don't have to throw a rocket down the field. You just have to be able to stretch people. And, and last time I checked, uh, you know, you stick the Giants receivers out there, um, you know, Shepard and, and OBJ, you stay, have them run down the field. Uh, they're, they're, the defensive backs are going to go. So, you know, you don't have to worry about always throwing it downfield. Now you can throw it underneath. So, but, um, you know, as long as his accuracy and his touch is still there, his anticipation, um, you know, the decision-making, I think that he's certainly serviceable this next year while another quarterback comes in and develops something like, you know, Kansas City did with a, a Mahomes um, having Alex Smith. But, you know, and like I said, in this draft, I you're going to – I mean, Dave Gettleman's really going to put these guys under the microscope because uh, Haskins is our top guy, um, and I really don't think there's anybody, you know, after that that, that – It'd be worthy of the first round, although I think some are going to go there. But uh, if you're not accurate, accurate and you don't make good decisions, then you're wasting your draft pick. Dan, how much does the a college quarterback system that he ran factor into where he might end up in the pro level? In other words, do do NFL teams really pay attention to that, or do they say, "Look, you know, this guy has all the tangibles." He has the tools. We can take them and we can mold them to fit our system. Well, they they do do, uh, Patricia. They, I mean, you know, you'd like to compare everything with apples to apples, oranges to oranges, but uh, the college system spread system is is different. Although you now the NFL teams are adding many of those type schemes and 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 spread format. And it's been gradual because right now. The uh, uh, base formation on offense is three wideouts. You know, that's what's been in college, three and four wideouts now for several years. But, but you see uh, the NFL the last few years, hey, the base formation, you got three wideouts out there. So your first down is really like your third down. And so all those spread um, 
formation uh, characteristics are being brought over in the NFL. So you'd like to find a guy, and, and you know, just touching on the defensive side, you know, when you, your defense now is a four-two-five basically, and um, you, you like to see guys play that position in college, just a little easier than quarterback. Uh, and, and then you could draft that guy, feel comfortable about putting him in your system. But quarterbacks, it, it, it's a whole different uh, ball game. And, I, you know, I think that uh, even though there's some concepts there uh, in college, you'd like to see the guy uh, take the ball, you know, under center a little bit more, take a snap and drop back. And that's one thing, like a Ryan Finley did a real nice job of uh, at the senior bowl. He showed that, hey, in practice, things he could take that snap because he did do that at NC State along with uh, some spread concepts. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that, um, that is important, uh, if you can, but realistically, there's not enough out there pro style that transfer over to the NFL system, unless, you know, you're at an Iowa or you're at a Wisconsin or a Boston college or something like that. So it, it's, um, and, and really none of those have, you know, NFL, you know, caliber quarterbacks, they're run oriented. So they, uh, you know, don't have that quarterback. So, but anyway, it would be important. Dan, in terms of, of quarterbacks, you know, another, another guy that, you know, was obviously making the rounds or his name's been popping up is Kyler Murray, who's I think 5'11", Haskins is 6'3". When you have a, a shorter quarterback, do you necessarily as a team have to adjust your personnel? Do you have to do a lot of adjustments in terms of, your blocking schemes, for example. I know Cleveland, I think, changed their blocking scheme up front to accommodate for Baker Mayfield, who I believe is one of the shorter quarterbacks. And I asked because, you know, would the Giants be better off just taking and sticking with a taller quarterback, or is it, or is this height not matter in this case? I'll tell you what, Patricia, you're very generous because uh, I think Tyler, well, like Tyler's 5'9", and he might even be shorter than that once uh, things are verified. Um, because I, I called actually Oakland who drafted him to try to get verified, you know, a height and weight on him. And um, I didn't have much luck at Oakland. So I talked to different uh, scouting agencies out there, like perfect game. And um, they too did not measure him like we do in the NFL. We measure these guys, but they had a scout that was there at Oklahoma, uh, you know, at, pra- at practice, baseball practice. And, you know, Scott told me he's he's five nine. If you know, and that was in his baseball shoes and everything else. So, uh, and then his build was about one hundred seventy five. So, I mean, you know, this game is a, a game of physics uh, for the most part. And um, you know, you, you when you, he gets hit, we saw it happen to Jackson. He got you know taken out of games all the time at Baltimore this year, and he's a, a taller, a lankier guy. But, but uh, again, he had a very thin build. Well, when you're talking about a guy that's, say, 5'9", 175 pounds, I mean, Patricia, you've seen NFL games. I mean, a defensive lineman, they, they, first of all, he's easy to bring down. I mean, if you catch him, you know, they grab him and throw him down with one hand. I mean, it's just almost comical. But you saw that in the, in the uh, semifinals of Alabama when they grabbed him. They just, you know, threw him down like a rag doll. And, um, but – uh, going to Baker now. Baker's a, a little bit taller, and he's a lot more like Drew Brees in regards to he go through the throwing lanes and and things like that. And I think Tyler would adapt to throwing through the the um, 
like when the offensive linemen open up a little bit and they single block or they double team a guy, they create passing lanes. And Kyler could probably adapt to that, but but nevertheless, you know, he's still five nine and one of the greatest players I ever saw, Doug Flutie at that size, uh, and Doug had a tremendously strong arm too. And, you know, he had his struggles more probably with the coaches than, you know, his ability. And he, he was a great football player and had a lot of velocity on the ball, but um, never seemed to get his chance. And, and now, you know, the, the Kyler Murray's getting, a, a, you know, a, a chance to play, but because of the vogue of the spread in Oklahoma, what, you know, what, what uh, Baker did. But Baker, again, is he's a rarity, you know, and, and he could take a hit. He's built thick, whereas Kyler is a slender-built guy. And uh, I mean, if you hey, if you draft him and you accept the fact that that um, you know you're he's going to get hurt, uh, you know that's one thing. And the other thing is this: if you draft Kyler Murray, you better draft another quarterback because I guarantee he's not going to make it through a whole year. So you you not only have to draft him, but you have to draft. I mean, if you're going to draft him, you're going to have to draft another quarterback similar to what the Redskins did a few years ago, you know, and they got Griffin and then they got Cousins, um, you didn't have to go that route because I guarantee you Murray's not going to last. Probably not. And and also the other, there's also the threat of, you know, him going back to baseball. I mean, I don't know if you saw the interviews that he did during Super Bowl week, but that sent up a red flag for me when, when he could answer when he was going to report for spring training, but he wouldn't answer, you know, are you going to do the combine, when's your pro day and all that other stuff. Right. I, I think that he, you know, he's getting tugged by different people and, and things, but realistically he should probably should, should probably go play baseball. I mean, he's not um, Bo Jackson and we saw it happen to Bo Jackson. I mean, Bo Jackson got hit and he Bo's about as well put together as a running back was, and then he, you know, injured his hip in uh, football and he hurt him in baseball then too. And, and he was a, a big, thick, strong guy. And Murray should go play baseball where it's not as physical. And um, if, if he wants a long career, I mean, if he wants a short career and take the money and run, I guess you'd say, because he's going to make more in the NFL probably whenever he gets drafted than that $4 million bonus that he got in baseball. But nevertheless, his career can be over uh, really quickly in the NFL. All right, Dan, we're going to take our final break here. And when we come back, I'm going to, if you would play a little game with you as far as what the Giants should do at various positions of need. So let's take the break and we'll come right back and, and conclude. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants here with Patricia Trena and special guest Dan Shanka of Our Lads. Does a great job. You can find his work at rlads.com. And, Dan, I mentioned a, a little game I'd like to play with you. Um, basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a what I perceive to be a position of need for the Giants. And I'd like to get your take based on, you know, the work you've done on the draft and also your knowledge of the free agency market and how that's shaping up, whether the Giants should go draft or free agency. And if you have a name, you know, from either side, you know, that you want to throw out, by all means, throw it out. And we'll do, we'll do just a few here. And uh, I'm going to start with edge rusher, which I think is like the number one need here. Yeah, hey, there, there's no question that uh, you, you got to be able to rush the passer. The, the four positions you always look at, Patricia, are your uh, you got to have a quarterback, 
you got to have a left tackle, you got to have a pass rusher, and you got to have a corner, shut down corner. And um, the, to put pressure on a, uh, a player, I think that, like, if you're looking at six, for instance, um, you know, Bosa's going to be gone. Nick Bosa's the best pass rusher in this draft because he's got such great hand quickness. But uh, a guy that we like uh, is Cleland Farrell from uh, Clemson, and um, I think he's a guy you certainly could look at at the sixth pick in the draft. Okay. Another need I think they desperately have to get is a free safety. Well, uh, you know, a, a guy with some range that um, the Giants have had some Alabama uh, defensive backs back there. And, uh, but, um, you know, I think uh, you could look at uh, Deontay Thompson uh, or else uh, Taylor Rapp from the University of Washington. A lot of people haven't heard about him nationally, but all the scouts love him. He's about six foot, about 210 pounds, can run, and uh, he's really got great instincts. So, um, you know, I think he's a guy that uh, either either one of those guys are when all smoke clears. I mean, again, we, it, it's still early in the process uh, because of all these juniors that came out, and and both those guys I just talked about, Thompson and Rapp, are both juniors. So there's you know still work to do on those guys. But you know, either one of those guys. I, but but you wouldn't take them either one of them at six. Okay, how about right tackle? Well, that, that's the, the sticky wicket, though, but the, the Giants have had good luck with big offensive tackles that uh, can move now, and I think that, you know, at six, um, I would be afraid to take any of the guys, to be honest with you, at six. Um, and uh, But, say, for instance, in, in the, the second round or a trade down or what have you, you know, there's some pretty uh, good, big, good-sized guys out there like a Caleb McGarry, he'd probably be a second-round guy. Uh, Yod, I'm sorry, uh, McGarry's from Washington. Uh, uh, Yodi Kajus from uh, West Virginia, again, a second-round guy uh, that's, you know, six four and a half and about 316. Uh, David Edwards, a big guy, six six three twenty five from Wisconsin. Um, a guy that's later in the first round would be, probably be Juwan Taylor from uh Florida, a very athletic guy with some size, as, as Greg Little will be later on in that first round area. A guy that, that we've got great as our top uh, tackle is actually more of an all-pro guard, in our opinion, and that's Jonah Williams from Alabama. So uh, that's kind of the rundown on early guys. Okay, and then defensive line. I'm thinking a, a guy who can push the pocket with some sort of regularity, like a almost like an Aaron Donald type. Well, I tell you, the the big dog this year is Quentin Williams, and he may be there at six. I, I you know you never know. People like him, you know, early, but not NFL people. You know, I mean, people that uh, um, you know are out there in cyberspace, I guess you'd say, and and, and they do their own independent evaluations and things, but. Like our scouting staff, like me, I've scouted 30 years in the NFL with three NFL teams. And, uh, you know, so when I say something, you know, I, I like to say, hey, yeah, that means something. And then our other scouts are, are very similar like that. And uh, so I think – but that's why a guy like Williams, uh, Quinn Williams from uh, Alabama, he's the best 
guy out there, and but I don't know. I mean, he may be there for the Giants at six. I mean, you just never know because because um, teams might jump up and overdraft these quarterbacks, or you know they they'll get the pass rusher, they might get two pass rushers, and sometimes those interior guys they do slide a little bit. I mean, Sue went a little bit later, and you saw or not later, but I mean, he, he to me he would have been the first or second player in the draft when he came out. And then, um, uh, then you saw Aaron Donald went certainly later. You know, he was a top ten, but I mean, he, he went a little later. So, um, but I, I think that Quinn Williams would be the guy that um, certainly would be if, if he's available at six. I, Dave, I'm sure Dave will just you know run to the uh, you know commissioner's uh, you know podium and give him the card. And then I have to ask about quarterback now. Pat Shermer has often said that he likes to take a young quarterback to develop. He has, I think he did it every year and with every team he's been with. And, you know, which would, which to me would mean that they may move on from both or one of Alex Tanney and Kyle Lawletta. Is there a good young quarterback in this draft that might be a nice developmental prospect as potentially a backup or, or maybe even down the line as a starter, if they don't go at a quarterback at six? Well, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, in the, uh, say, in the third round even, you know, Ryan Finley may be, you know, I talked about him from North Carolina State, he may be available, you know, there's somebody, you know, uh, we're not the only ones with eyes on, on these guys, but, you know, Ryan's not a spectacular guy, but he's just a real solid guy that won't get you beat. And um, uh, there's other, the, now a, a purely developmental guy, Taylor Cornelius out of Oklahoma State. Again, a first-year starter this year. He played behind Rudolph for, you know, three years there at uh, at uh, Oklahoma State. But, I mean, he's 6'6", he's 225, and um, he's a, a good athlete, and he's definitely a developmental guy. And um, uh, another guy that we kind of like is uh, Jordan Tamu from Mississippi, who's about 6'3", and uh, 220 and a very good athlete that anymore, I think you've got to have some mobility. You can't be a statue. And, uh, and Taylor Cornelius has got some good movement and, uh, Tamu's got some good movement and both those guys would be in the middle rounds. And, uh, to me are, are very good, uh, developmental quarterbacks. And then Dan, finally, this is a question that, you know, is, is also very hotly debated and it's the question of, should you create holes for the sake of unloading high salary cap figures? So for example, you know, a, a big debate amongst giant fans as we, as we get ready in, to go into the off season here is should they cut a guy like Olivier Vernon or a guy like, like Janoris Jenkins, two guys who have high salary cap hits, even though, you know, in the case of Vernon, he's really been the only pass rushing guy they have. And in the case of Jenkins, he's still capable of playing, you know, at a, as a shutdown corner, but, you know, just has had some consistency issues and some injury issues. So if you're advising Dave Gettleman, do you say to him, you know, look, let's move on. There's enough talent in the draft where we can replace that type of production. Or do you tread lightly in terms of creating a hole that you don't necessarily have to create? Well, I think that certainly in the secondary, Janoris Jenkins, you could probably, uh, you know, depending on how they feel about Sam Beal, who they took in supplemental, you know, third uh, round of the supplemental, 
um, and how they feel about some other guys and how they feel about the free agency uh, uh, corner group. I mean, you know what you got in Jenkins, and if he's not living up to what you feel like you should do, then you got to cut bait and head on down the road. And uh, so, you know, I, I think that, uh, but again, you've got to have a pass rusher in there and burn a lot of money to put on him. And, and uh, you know, if he can or can't, some, hey, a good defensive coordinator now, you can scheme guys open too. You don't always have to uh, just be that line up and, you know, be a Lawrence Taylor and I'm, I'm gone and I'm going to make a sack every play kind of guy, you know. So, um, you know, Vernon may have some value there. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think it all depends on if the defensive staff thinks. But, you know, Janoris Jenkins is, you know, has enough of an edge to him that, you know, if you, you cut him loose, then I don't know what, you know, if you'd be losing a whole lot, to be honest with you. Interesting, interesting. That's the one guy I think I would keep another year only because we don't really know what Sam Beal brings to the table. He spent his whole rookie season on injured reserve, um, didn't really get get out of training camp. Um, I, I don't know if you did you do a, a write up on, on Beal? Can you tell us anything about him real quick? Well, I, yeah, obviously, he was one of those guys that um, he was kind of surprised that he ended up coming out um, because of, uh, you know, some red flag stuff. But uh, I think that that he's got to be out there and see him, you know, against the receivers in practice, like a Shepard or a Beckham and and uh, or a Corey Coleman for that matter. Uh, you know, you, you got to see how those guys do. Um, but he does have some talent, and uh, and in this group, you know, there, there's going to be some in this uh, draft. There's going to be some defensive backs that um, are very talented and. You know, I, I don't know if Dave uh, would would go with uh, a Greedy Williams at six. You know, he's a real sticky, lanky corner that would be an immediate starter, uh, um, or trade down some and get a DeAndre Baker, for instance, from Georgia. He's a, and again a very talented guy. Um, but uh, there's be some replacements here in the draft. If you know, I mean, the thing is, I, I, I if Jenkins always has bothered me because. I could never trust him. You know what I mean? Um, so that's why, you know, I would say not, it's not always in that guy's athletic ability, but hey, can you trust the guy to show up and, and do the, the best thing for you every game? Or, or are you always worried about if he's going to fall asleep at the switch, you know, out there when he's supposed to be covering somebody? And, and uh, I always worried about that on Jenkins. Interesting stuff. Dan, before I let you go, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Of course, they can find you on OurLads.com. Where can they find you on social media? Well, uh, our, uh, on Twitter, they can find us at uh, uh, OurLads, that's O-U-R-L-A-D-S, underscore Shanta, S-H-O-N-K-A. And, of course, we've got a ton of things on our uh, website, OurLads.com. We've got all the uh, – free agents now, uh, unrestricted free agents, uh, lit up in red on our all our depth charts so people can look at all the depth charts uh, for all the teams. And, and we've got all the guys uh, up there and, and all the depth charts updated, put the IR guys up and the PUP guys up where they belong and all that stuff. So uh, you kind of look at, you know, what the Giants have and, and really uh, unrestricted guys in that first group, you know, is uh, – when you got Jamon Brown and uh, Josh Morrow and 
and Webb and Collins are the only ones in the starting offense and defense. Uh, you know, so not a whole lot of work to do. So a lot of teams got there got got a whole bunch of red ones there in the in the first two first teams. You know, so. But anyway, yeah, Patricia, I really enjoyed visit with you and the fans go to ourlabs.com and, and they can learn all kinds of things. And also you have a subscription product, which, uh, as you mentioned to me offline, you were working on the latest issue. You want to tell everybody about that real quick? Yeah, we have, uh, uh, Patricia, on our site, we have our subscription uh, where you get our draft guide. Our draft guide is the only one put on, put on all the NFL tables during the draft. All the NFL teams subscribe to our uh, draft guide, and uh, we have monthly newsletters, and I'm working on actually the Senior Bowl and the uh, Shrine All-Star um, game because we get to film, look at those guys on film, al- along with being at practice and things. So uh, we're doing that for, I guess, a close to 200 players, 100 in each game uh, that were there playing. So we're doing all that, but we get monthly newsletters, and then you get a review of the draft uh, after the draft to talk about how the teams did, and then uh, we do a preview of like the 2020 draft to come out in August. Uh, and and then uh, we also do a great uh, newsletter uh, prior to the draft that comes along with our draft guide, which uh, has our draft board and everything in it, and you, you know, have it by position, and then stack the different uh, the seven different um, um, seven, seven rounds. So I mean, fans kind of get to see you know, the what things transpire during the draft. You look at a draft board and you kind of check them off is how they come off and things. Uh, we've usually been really accurate on that stuff. So, But there's a lot of things there at OurLads.com. All right, sounds good. And I'm sure we'll see you at the Combine later in, in the month. Well, thank you so much, Patricia. Great being with you and the Giants fans as always, okay? Definitely. That's Dan Shanka of Our Lads. You're with Patricia Trena of uh, Locked On Giants. Want to thank you for tuning in, Giant fans. Do check in with us again later in the week. We'll have more guests, more draft talk. We'll talk free agency. We'll talk any Giant news that pops up. There's going to be a lot, I'm sure, this offseason. Always appreciate you. Thank you and have a wonderful day.